Hey, it's your girl, Lise Winnie. Make sure you tune in each and every Wednesday at 1 p.m. so that you can get the Lunchbox Radio Show. I got the best musical sandwiches for you right here on WHFC 91.1 FM for your R&B, rap, and party beat. So, so, so. The best musical sandwiches in Harford County. This is for my millennial. Baby, you got. Oh, oh, check. Oh, 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 check. And opinions expressed by Millennials Anonymous podcasts and their guests and contributors are of those guests and contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Millennials Anonymous podcast and any content provided by our content contributors or guests or anyone else are of their own opinions and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This is purely entertainment, folks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie, and I am a fucking millennial. So let's get this party started right. And, you know, so, so, so very quickly like I do because we're going to set it off, okay? We're going to set it off on the left, y'all because it's halloween so i am recording this late and early so it's like taco bell you know because they say it's early but open late something like that even though technically if you early but open late doesn't mean that you actually close you know what i mean like if a tree fall in the woods would you hear it it's like that kind of type of shit you know what i mean but it's technically still halloween so although this shit will come out on monday i am recording this on halloween and it's funny because i like listen I dressed up like I had three different costumes this year. I was a witch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I was I was a witch at some point, semi witchy. I didn't fully commit um, to it, but I was semi witchy. And then I also went as like I don't know what you would call like like chucky like a female version of chucky and then i did velma so at some point there was a flip on velma i don't know if there was a meeting that was held amongst generation z and millennials i think more so millennials that velma became sexy sexified velma because i remember when i was growing up velma wasn't sexy at all like she was the and this is no disrespect to anybody but she was wearing Birkenstocks like they they had knew she had cats in her house like that's what Velma was when I was growing up now I'm considered a geriatric millennial which hurts my heart that they call me geriatric now they may have come out with a newer version but even in the newer version of Scooby-Doo okay when they had Scrappy-Doo I think that might have been in the 80s when they came out with that shit like, nobody wanted to be Velma. Everybody, you know, they wanted, was Daphne, is that, is that her name? I think it was her name. Everybody still, if you was going to fuck with Scooby-Doo when you were a woman that identified as such, you was fucking with Daphne, okay? 
And then, and then there was a switch in like 2017 where everybody wanted to be Velma, but Velma wasn't regular Velma. Like Velma was sexy Velma. It was everybody was extra sexy Velma. Velma became really, really sexified. And this, that's where it's at. Like I saw somebody that they had posted her and you know, they were saying she understood the assignment and she was a beautiful woman and everything, but it was somebody in the post like is, is it Winnie the Pooh because like it had the same colors as Winnie the Pooh and because Winnie the Pooh don't have no pants on it seemed very similar to like a Winnie the Pooh situation and if you do that that kind of makes you defeat the point like you got to explain it and then it go oh well I, you know what I could see oh I see it now then you lost the sex appeal. it's like okay you're not really this is not a costume this is porn like you have crossed the threshold because in porn don't nobody care like if you really look like whatever it is that you pretending to be like nobody's looking at it. it's like mm -mm, a real doctor wouldn't have one a coat at that's three-fourths limb off the ground it would touch the whole ground like nobody's looking at that so no one cares so you know that you've crossed the line into now you're in Pornhub okay you thought you was in party city but you really in Pornhub my version was a little sexified too but it wasn't that sexified to the point where it was like I had almost no clothes on to the point that somebody might mistake me as trying to be Winnie the Pooh like it it wasn't there yet so I, I don't know when that happened but apparently it happened um I wasn't the best looking Velma like I've seen much better Velmas I've seen much better because it's something about black millennials that's fucking with Velma I've not seen any white ones so and I mean I guess it's also an easy costume it's just a short bob wig which I'm still sitting in right now and an orange shirt and a red skirt so I guess it's an easy costume I had white socks even though technically she has orange socks but nonetheless sidebar to a sidebar though I think people are starting to come back out and enjoy life a little bit especially when it's outdoors since it's a little safer so it was nice seeing some people kind of like get out in the community and go trick-or-treating I, mean, I took my kids out briefly but they didn't stay out very long first of all it's a fucking school night but they got a chance to have some sense of normal but I'm glad that most of you guys, it seems like everybody had a really good time and everybody stayed safe. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. Now, I also want to thank our guest from last week, Mr. Brendan Mulligan, for stopping by the creator of PodPage because he's super, super dope. And he gave some great information on branding and marketing. So if you have a business or a podcast or you on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, whatever the hell you're doing, because nowadays marketing is just comes with being regular. You have to know how to brand yourself on social media in order to get a job now. So make sure you go back and record and watch that. Well, you don't have to record it, but make sure you watch it okay. or listen to it. No, it's not. It wasn't out visually. Okay, so make sure you go back and listen to it. So he was super dope. And I, I had a chance to take a look at Netflix. I always tell you about my ventures on Netflix. And I went into, you know, the woods of, of Netflix and I started watching Goop. So I, so Goop had something else on like maybe a year or two ago, Goop had something. And they only had one episode that was specifically about sex. 
Now, she must that must have been very, very stuck in people's minds because she went back and did a whole season of goop that was just like, it's, I want to say sex lives and videotapes, but I don't think that's what that shit is called, but maybe it should be. I, maybe it should be sex lives and videotapes because it's like some of this stuff is like, I'm, 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 okay. That's some rich white people shit right there. Even though there was black people on it, you could just, it's just certain things that, you know, it's just some rich white people shit right here. Like this is, this is the same motherfucker that was selling $100 vagina scented candles. And I'm like, who wants to smell wet cat in your house? Like, why would you sell that, ma'am? It would started off a whole thing with the ball sack candle, which, God, because I'm like, if you could smell either one of them strong enough for a candle, it's like, I remember because like when Ashley had, she had told me it was like, you can have nut cheese under the ball. Like it's, okay, I'm sorry. It's but she started that shit. And that's some rich white people shit, okay? Because truly, if you really, really, really want to smell one, I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there that will allow it. So you could probably just go smell. Like, if you want to go smell a ball sack, woman or men, I don't judge, you could probably find a dude that'll let you smell his ball sack. I, I'm almost, I am almost 100% sure that is true. Oh no, her candle was $75, I forgive me. The balls candle was 100. I don't know why ball sack smell would be more expensive than vagina smell, but apparently, well, I think they were doing it for, you know, patriarchy or whatever, but still, I'm like, you're, you're pushing it. Bruh. Because dick is for free. Like, I, I don't know where we're getting this from. <laughs> that it's not i you could and i know i had this conversation shout out to um miss samaya from sexual essentials about this we had this conversation well over but you can you could find some but she had created that and she came back with a whole new series of goop shit and it's all about sex it's all about an experience, learning who you are. I watched the whole thing. It, it, it was, it is quite, it's interesting. I will say, I didn't know that in watching this, this would set the three prefaces, the red table talk, which y'all took that and fucking ran with it. Like when I say you took it, you picked it up like a baby, you put it in the little Bruh. baby backpack and you carried and you strapped that shit on y'all chest and y'all just ran with it on the internet. Like y'all was running like Usain Bolt out this bitch. I really thought that Jada was on the Red Table Talk saying, Will ain't shit in bed. Like he is, he's trash. I didn't, I never liked him. I've never ever came to my life. Like I really thought she was in it going in. Like I thought it was like, ooh, is she going ham on his manhood on national internet? It can't be television, the national internet, you know, the, the international internet, the world wide web, but you out here, right? I watched that entire episode from beginning to the end and not one time did she say that will smith cannot fuck 
don't know where y'all got this from, but I think this is what the fuck is wrong with the internet. Like somebody says something and then y'all take it as true. This is why I think we, listen, media, listen to me, listen to me. I know y'all get paid on clicks, clickbait, cause y'all ran with that shit too. Like y'all get paid on clickbait. But listen, listen, I, I, let's try a social experiment real quick, real quick, real quick. Like let's just make articles but don't put no title on it. Like just put the article out with a picture and then maybe people might click on that shit because if people only see the headline, that is the story. It doesn't matter about the background. It doesn't matter about the detail. None of that matters. It's like, okay, the headline said that's what it is. The picture looks like that and I think they go together and that's all that there needs to be told. There are no nuances. It's just, yeah, that's it. We got to start there because when I went back and I watched this, I was like, that's not true. At all. It's not even remotely true. What she said for the people that do want to listen and be factual is that it's hard to maintain a very, very, very interesting and active sex life when you've been together for 25 years. Why wouldn't it be? she didn't say that they didn't do it she said it's hard meaning that you're with the same person over and over and over at some point you fall into routines life gets life you have kids things get difficult and you tend to put in less effort because this person is there you know that they're there you're like oh they're not going any fucking where they're here we've already done this they're here with me they're here and so you don't put the effort in she didn't say that they didn't put the effort in, but I get it. It's because, you know, she did the whole, she was creating dictionaries out here for fucking side dudes, creating new terminology and shit, calling it entanglements. I'm like, no, just say I fucked August. Like that, Jada, listen, I know you're from Baltimore because I saw some of those memes. Like some of those memes was like, woo, y'all went in, y'all called her a Baltimore? Like, oh, is that is that what we calling people from Baltimore that y'all don't like? You calling us Baltimore's now? Is that is that the, the term we're getting? But here's the thing. I, I think that people need to stop judging other people and what the fuck other people is doing. Let's allow other people to do what other people do. That's all, that's, that's all, that's it, that's all, let other people do what other people do, you out here calling her Baltimore, you got a whole Baltimore that come in your house every night, he coming in every night, or she coming in every night, but you calling her Baltimore, like, you need to worry about your own shit, like, it, I think that we need to focus on our own shit sometime, and if we did, I think, life would be a lot better for a lot of motherfucking people that's just this just my opinion and it doesn't make it the fact it makes it my opinion and with that we do have a guest today we're going to be talking to the author and life coach mr paul hunter today paul lamar hunter is here today he has I mean, I don't know how to count now. Trying to be 19 siblings, brothers and sisters. He is 19 of 21. So we're going to talk to him about growing up with all of those brothers and sisters and siblings, which is a, it's crazy, 
crazy do you hear me so that'll be up first and then we got to get into these top 10 trending topics because you know shit happened this week it did shit happened so we're gonna talk about it okay so let, let's get into this interview all right all right so we have a guest today we have someone who is an author but he also has an amazing background in story. So we want to welcome Mr. Paul Lamar Hunter to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I am awesome um, this afternoon and I am delighted that um, you are giving me an opportunity to share my story on your platform. So thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. So you, you've been through quite a bit. Uh, quite quite a lot and for those of, of people that don't know exactly who you are you're actually the author of a book and it you are it's no love no charity the success of the 19th child you are 19 of 21 children which is amazing but tell us who you are who is Paul Lamar Hunter <laughs> uh, Paul Lamar Hunter is a person that has um, positive um, qualities about himself. He's kind, he's gentle, um, strong, resilient, um, caring, assertive, um, very hardworking, reliable, um, um, responsible, loyal, um, mature, and very um, creative. And so um, I just want to um, spread uh, my story and disperse it out um, to the world to let people know that my mother actually birthed 21 natural children by my dad. Um, if uh, you remember back in the 60s and the 70s, it uh, was a song called Let's Get It On. So my mom and dad got it on multiple times. So, <laughs> But she actually birthed 21 um, amazing um, children. So I am the 19th child. I'm the first to graduate uh, from college and keep in mind there are 17 of us living today 63 grandchildren and 87 great grandchildren so you cannot say anything bad about me because i have a lot of <laughs> nieces and nephews <laughs> you just never know because your family is huge you never know who might be a, a hunter at, at this point or connected to the hunters now, speaking of which, is you hear there's some men out there that do have quite a few children, but not very many of them by the same person. So I want to ask you, being that all your brothers and sisters, I'm going to assume, grew up in, in the house with you. I know there's a span of time because who's how old is the oldest and the youngest? The oldest is 70 years old and the youngest is 47 years old. Okay. So you were never, so were a, you ever in the house at the same time with everyone? Never, because once my older siblings be, began to become 18 and 19 years old, they decided to venture on their own. They decided to have kids and, and, and have their own careers. Could you imagine having nieces and nephews older than you? <laughs> but they still they still they still respect you they still call you uncle they still call you know call you that's my auntie you know, that's your aunt but you older than your aunt <laughs> so you know <laughs> in the in the hunter family it was some of my 
um, sisters that was pregnant at that time along with my mother. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems to be the story. For some reason, a lot of families, especially black families, that tends to be the case where the mother is pregnant with the daughters or around the same time. It's a very interesting concept. But that brings up a, a good point. You have a lot of siblings, and I could imagine that that must play on you that I'm not going to say that it's like you had 19 other or 18 other priorities ahead of you, but it's very hard for your parents to be able to give each child individual time. How did that impact you as a person, like growing up, having so many other people whose priorities come came first? Well, when you have a big family, uh, I must say this, uh, that... I give a lot of credit to my older siblings because mom and dad, dad worked two jobs. Mom worked a part-time job. So my siblings became the substitute mom, the substitute dad. And so I give a lot of credit to my um, older siblings because a lot of time they had to forego their education. And so wow. that's the reason why I'm here today. That's the reason why I am the first to graduate uh, from from college. And if it wasn't for my siblings uh, molding me at a young age, I wouldn't be here speaking with you or having this conversation uh, with you. But um, like I stated, a lot of my siblings became my substitute mom and also substitute dad, which they did a good job. Yeah, I, I I think that that's tends to what happened when you watch the stories like on TLC when they had all the I mean, they've since fallen out as they should, but they had all of those kids. The kids raised the other kids. Was there ever resentment, though? Like, you know, like you brought me here, but because you guys had poverty. I know I was listening to another podcast and you said that you almost got put out because there were too many people in what? your house. Well, it was my mother. She was pregnant with the 14 child at that particular time. And someone had reported to the sheriff that was too many people living in this two bedroom house. So the next day, the sheriff came and just came unexpectedly, did a head count and gave my mom and dad um, 72 hours to vacate. And wow. my mom and dad went to church. Um, told the pastor they prayed about it the next day a miracle happened um a man came at the at the door knocking and told my mom and dad that they have a he has a home to show them and my mom and dad jumped in the car the man showed them an 18 bedroom home and so he told them that he wanted to give it to them my mom and dad you know didn't get paid until friday they didn't have any money whatsoever and um uh, my uh, the gentleman told my mom and dad that um, it would just cost them one dollar. So he digged in his wallet and gave my mom the dollar to pay him for the home. And so we were blessed with an 18 bedroom home just for one dollar, just for one dollar. So I have to say this. When you get my book, No Love, No Charity, The Success of the 19 Child, you will see that unexpected people came into our lives to bless us when we were down and out. And so, you know, I thank those people in the city of Racine, Wisconsin, because every time a miracle happened, 
every time a miracle happened. So, you know, um, unexpected people came and they brought us unexpected gifts when we were down and out. That that's that is absolutely amazing that that was able to happen to you or the things that came out of having such a huge family and, and like the blessings and good things that were able to come. Now, I did want to ask you because your family, because you brought up the book, which is an inspirational down that you, you you were just mentioning it. It's an inspirational book. Like it really talks about inspiration and motivation. However, you also were on the Vivica A. Fox show and it looks like some of your siblings <laughs> weren't too happy about this book. <laughs> Oh is that, no! Is they, that right? they were no, absolutely. They they were not happy because I shared some um, stories that they thought that should have remained out of the public eye. I wanted to share those stories to let people know that we are a typical family. We you can be a family of one, two, three, four, or five. You still gonna have dysfunction. You're not going to have function all the time. And so I also talk about the drug use and the drinking that um, happened in, in, a, in a big family. And mm -hmm. so now that my older siblings had an opportunity to read the book, they learned a lot from the book and it has really changed and impacted their lives. And so the book was written to free me. The book was written to help others that had experienced what I had experienced growing up in a dysfunctional family. And there's nothing wrong with going through trials and tribulations because it's going to, it's going to develop you as a person. It's not going to harm you or hurt you. It's going to develop you to become a great or extraordinary person in life. Yeah, and it seems like your your family is very important to you and that you like being a part of a big family. But did you ever wish you weren't a part of such a large family or has it always been this great, you know, blessing? Although you've had some issues, but it's been an amazing journey to have so many siblings. I can I can say this 100%. This is has it has been a great journey to come from a family of history, you know, um um, you know, breaking history, becoming the first to graduate from college, uh, becoming the first at the age of 16 years old to have to have my driving license. And all my other siblings had to wait until they were 18 and 19 years old. I was the first to have my driving license at the age of um, 16 years old. So um, it's 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 a blessing because I learned so much about my siblings you know i know the ones that are introverts the ones that are extroverts and the ones that are ambiverts i know each of their personalities and um to this day we have a great relationship and um i love them they love me and we're going to continue to move forward and they are happy that i am including them uh, to be a part of the story because they are a part of who I am today. And so I want to include them in every uh, everything that I do. Um, I'm going to include them in it, and especially when it comes to the, the movie. You know, it was extraordinary to find out that 
people in society, movie producers are intrigued with your story and they were able to write the screenplay. They were able to write the page pitch in and you have people that um, work for Sony, um, tail flick um, um, pictures, uh, Paramount, um, um, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon that are interested in uh, um, a, a story that a young man came from poverty, um, went against the odds. No one thought he would never achieve success. And he come from a city of 80,000 and he broke all type of records and barriers and he became the first to graduate from college. So my story is a comeback story. And so, you know, people might be listening to this story right now. All I want to tell them this, you can turn your setback into a comeback. And that's what I was able to do. I was able to turn my setback into a comeback. I was able to put my purpose over my circumstances. Yes, yes, it definitely is something that I think a lot of people can relate to being in, especially growing up in poverty or not growing up with a lot of money and being able to move forward because a lot of different areas, um, I'm from Baltimore, they, where there's a lot of people who are kind of like stuck, they, they don't think that there is a possibility or a way to get out and you are a very good representation that it is possible no matter where you are from if you really truly want it you you can do it because you were able to overcome so much and you grew up with so many different personalities in your home I would imagine that it would make you such a good understanding or reader of people how has growing up with so many different siblings impacted you as an adult like in your adult life is it easier for you to detect like hey I don't you know you remind me of somebody ah, I can figure out this personality easier than a lot of other people oh most definitely you know it, it really did because um now that uh, I'm an older guy, you know, I pick and choose who's going to be my friends. And I know who has character and I know that who's going to be dishonest with me. And and that's what that's a great benefit um, to have, because I learned that from my my older um, siblings and and they have taught me um, so much. And, and, and I'm grateful um, for them. You know, I remember um, it was last month I sent out a text to all of my siblings and I wanted to let them know that I am grateful because they have been a part of my success, big or small or small. They have truly been a part of my success. I would imagine having so many siblings, although you you can figure out people better or read people better, you probably don't even really need that many because you have so, like a built in friend system around you always <laughs> of different of different types of personalities and people. Now, you had mentioned that you had something that you're working on. So you said a film. Is there a film in the works? Like, are you in, you know, active communication to have a film come out soon? Yes, in the in the next year or two, you will see um, uh, the story of Paul Lamar Hunter coming to theaters, and so it's going to be exciting to see a story like mine. And it's really going to motivate people. It's really going to push people to take a leap of faith to become better spiritually, 
mentally, physically, academically, and socially. It's really going to make people um, think that they can really become successful in life, that your past doesn't dictate your future. So this, this movie is going to take people by surprise. And hopefully we can see a change in our society because right now, <laughs> America is going through some changes right now. And so I believe a story like mine will really uh, impact people's lives, not only in America, but abroad as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if someone is interested in one, because you have a website, like, so if you can give us your website, where they can get your book and also how they can connect with you on social media. Well, if they want to get a copy of my book, my book is available at uh, Barnes and Noble's website, amazon.com. I'm available for speaking engagements, um, book signings. Um, I love to visit the uh, um, Boys and Girls Club. I, I do that all the time. Um, social media, you can contact me under Paul Lamar Hunter. My name is Paul Lamar Hunter. You can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, and um, Twitter as well. Thank you. Thank you. So make sure you go purchase his book. As soon as you get a chance, you will not regret it. It is such a great tale, a story of motivation, inspiration, and of triumph of him overcoming. Plus, you learn a lot about a big family and what it's like to have so many different siblings and personalities all in one family. So I appreciate you for coming through to Millennials Anonymous. And if you have, once the movie drops and you want to come back, we would be glad to have you. Hey, thank you. Let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week. And according to NBC News, Joe Biden has 99 problems. And this infrastructure bill is one of them because he's trying to get Democratic leaders to agree as well as Republicans on this huge spending bill, which right now he's having problems getting even his own party to agree with it. And it's the progressives that are saying, uh-uh. Like, mm, I don't know, Uncle Charles, it's a little lot. You asking for a little lot of money? It's a little lot of money. I don't know about that. And then you have Republicans who are Bruh. Republicans. Okay, and this is what they do. They have absolutely no plans, but they stop everything. Like, this is what they, they do. And so this is where we're at. So I don't know, Joe, this doesn't look good. You can't build back better. You can't build back better, Joe, when you can't build back at all. Like, this is just not what you had promised us. And I, by the way, sidebar to the sidebar, anybody seen Kamala? I mean, she's been gone for a while. Like, she missing. Like, we need to send out, like, a report or something because I've not seen her. Have y'all seen her? I ain't seen no chucking no pearls. Like, remember, she was all out there. Oh, hey, Joe. Like, I've not. Is she okay? Like, should we worry? Like, we have not seen her since her office was having problems. 
Okay, so let somebody give her a call. Like, I hate y'all. Like, we need to know where Kamala is at because she is kind of Kamala gone. Okay, and I don't know what's going on with that. But speaking of what is going on, Joe Biden is going to be headed off even though he was trying to hold off to actually get his party he was in caucus meetings trying to get people to agree before he actually left for europe which did not happen and he actually did go meet with the vatican because i guess he's gonna need jesus to do it because that's the only way he's gonna get this shit passed and so he went to go talk to pope francis and he talked to him for a very long time like, this was a very long confessional. I don't know what he could have been in there talking about. I'm not sure. Maybe he was rubbing shoulder. I don't, I don't know what was happening. But they said they talked for 75 minutes, which, according to the Vatican, is an unusually long time for someone to talk to the Pope. Um... That's a little concerning. Um, <laughs> it's a little concerning. It's like your confession was unusual. I'm like, first of all, why y'all? Why y'all telling his business? Like, are y'all all out there telling his business? You know, maybe he was, he was doing a couple. What is it? Bloody Mer, Mer No, that's that's a drink. That's not it. Um, I don't I don't know what it's called. But you get get what I'm saying, okay? He maybe he was in there doing that. All right, maybe he was helping him fix his rosary. I, I don't know why he was in there that long, but they said that it appeared he looked like he was in good spirits. So that's good. I, you know, so hopefully Pope Francis can put in a word with the big man because that is the only way that President Joe Biden is going to get anything done that's going to help us build back anything. That's that's the only... Somebody get Jesus on the main line. Because this is the only way it's not... This is the only way, Joe. This is, this is the only way. And speaking of what the fuck is going on in politics... <sighs> Jim Bob Duggar, which sounds like a leader of a cult... Is actually running for... A Senate seat. Um, I'm pretty sure P Republican, I'm almost certain he fits the criteria okay of a republican and if you were like that name sounds really familiar it sounds like the duggars from 19 and counting you would be right because he was the dad he was the dad off of the tlc show 19 and counting where him and his wife continued to have children that raised their own children on top of helping to take care of the children that they didn't have while they kept having children is now trying to help take care of Arkansas? Sidebar. If you wasn't taking care of your own goddamn kids, okay, we need you to sit all the way the fuck down. Like, just go sit down. Like, we we done with you, okay? We, we'd had enough. You got problems over there in your family that it looked like y'all was trying to cover it up. That don't look good, but it is Arkansas, so who the fuck knows? He has the he has the same shot as anyone else. Yes, he he has the same shot, and it looks like he's running for the Arkansas state seat, District Seven. He announced this on Friday, October the 29th, and he put it on his family's Facebook profile that he said he was excited to share this big announcement um, with the world. I guess he is a conservative and he says he's demanding courageous leadership for Arkansas families, jobs and his in constitutional liberties first. Yeah, that sounds like he hit all the Republican bullets. He hit them all. It sounds 
it sounds right and yeah that's i'm just gonna leave that shit alone because that sounds about arkansas yeah that sounds about right and per tmz they actually said Cal Penn is actually engaged and he is actually releasing a book. He was the guy that played Kumar on Harold and Kumar, that franchise where they went all the way around the world. Like, I remember watching it. They had a Christmas one too, I think, more recently. Because I know there was Harold and Kumar do White Castle, Harold and Kumar do Guantanamo Bay, and then they had Harold and Kumar kumar does something with the holidays i don't remember exactly what it was but that one was the most recent um how i met your mother he did and a couple house he did some other things and he actually is getting engaged and he also came out as gay he's getting married to his 11 year partner so congratulations to him on that and the griot actually came out with a story yeah we actually reported on this last week the woman in philadelphia that actually was sexually assaulted and raped on a philadelphia commuter train when the police actually said that there were passengers that saw what was happening people were actually recording it and they did not stop what was going on now the griot is coming out and saying because of the district attorney in that area is saying that it is not in fact true they're saying that this is false the claims are false that people were just standing around and just allowing this rape to happen and that people did not actually record and in the griot they were actually noting that this is why people do not trust the police because they lie I don't know how we fix that, but that's how organizations work. And we were actually also able to kind of like get some additional information from the district attorney who he said that these things were actually false. He said that there weren't a lot of people on the train. They were going in and out. And he was like, it's not really clear whether or not the people actually knew what was going on however they said there were two people that held their phone up to that particular area while this rape was occurring so i would say that he i think that the police overstated more so and this is the 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 issue with headlines when you write a headline like that it looks like it's just blatantly false but then when you go and you read the story it sounds like it's just more of an overstatement now and also listen sidebar to sidebar police there okay the pennsylvania transportation authority police listen listen um or the southeastern pennsylvania Trans transportation authority police listen chief thomas is it listen it's not the passenger's job even if they did see it it's not their job to become a vigilante and stop a crime is it nice yes but it's not necessarily their job to do that okay so i i can see where it's like okay that's a little bit of an overstep like why would you tell people to do that and some people like they said may not even have known what was going on however they said that there are two people that may have known and there may be video of it out there so this is partially 
it's it is funny with this one because it's like when you go back and read what the district attorney said it's very similar to what the police department said it's just they kind of like worded it differently and they emphasize different parts of the story so it's it's interesting but i think we see that quite often with the district attorney is usually at odds with the police department it tends to happen more frequently especially in a lot of urban areas i don't know maybe somebody should do like a study on that and figure out why the fuck is that that's a very interesting concept mm. and the police have arrested a woman and a man for the death of an eight-year-old boy this was one of those stories that kind of made me go what the fuck is going on so in texas there was three children who actually were found abandoned in a texas apartment along with skeletal remains of their brother according to people magazine it says the harris county sheriff department said on sunday that the officers had responded to an apartment complex in houston where they found three children ages 15 10 and 7 where they found them left behind in an apartment with skeletal remains and it's interesting because they said that some of the children may have been developmentally or intellectually delayed which is also quite concerning the mother who was actually 35 years old gloria williams and her white boyfriend brian coulter who is 31 was charged with murder he actually also broke i think the 10 year old or seven year old's jaw and they did not seek medical treatment for this child listen there's so many things that are concerning about this story it's let let's start with the fact let's start with the mother okay when you when you read this full story about the mother she is concerning in and of itself and not only is they concerning with the mom it's concerning with the dads because the one of the children said he didn't even know he's the supposedly the father of this eight-year-old that was murdered he didn't know that the child was dead because he hadn't talked to the child and he really didn't put up much effort to see these children this is the issue that i think a lot of people have with fathers who say oh i can't like the the bare minimum of the effort that you put in like sometimes y'all do more to try to find a pair of jordans than you do to try to get your kids like i get that the system is a little bit more helpful to women it's a little bit more lenient to the mom but it doesn't mean that it is impossible i think that the effort there is just usually not as there's not as much emphasis in a lot of these situations and when you st start hearing about the dads coming out and the way they say oh well i failed my kids i wish i would i was like what the fuck like how do you fail get failed by your mom and your dad in the system at large the school system failed the dss failed the housing people like everybody failed these kids everybody it's so it's it's such a sad thing and to, the reason why i brought up the fact that he was white is because again there was this narrative now that's out that if you're a black woman and black men ain't treat you right go get you a white man they treat you so much better this is why i'm telling you race has nothing to do with how people will treat you you can find shit black people shit white people shit hispanic people it has nothing to do with race okay if you got a shitty person you got a shitty person and it doesn't have anything to do with what color they are white men are not going to be any better for you just because he's white 
if you found a good husband and he just so happens to be white, his whiteness is not why he's a good husband. Okay, because I've been hearing that fucking narrative too often recently. So I just want to make that very, 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 very clear. And for mothers out there, why is it that you... We this is the this is too common. We're seeing this too common where mothers stand by and allow their boyfriends or the fathers of these children to harm the children and they do absolutely nothing. Cause now supposedly the mom is saying she didn't know the child was dead. The smell alone would tell you that this child is no longer living so i could imagine what these young kids had to deal with like they were sitting in there dealing with the smell and the trauma of being in there with their dead brother and the fact that the i i don't and here's again going back to the other story it's not up to the neighbors to save these children however we've got to get out of this narrative of snitching and this is why i don't like the term snitching because we've got to get out of that as soon as we get out of that narrative and we understand that if we see somebody who is being hurt and or injured or you have an inkling that something isn't right do something you don't have to step in it's not your responsibility like i was saying before but if you really feel like something isn't right the very bare minimum is to pick up the phone and call somebody and jay-z is now in the rock and roll hall of fame the 23-time grammy award winner according to tmz who is now 51 he's 51 Wow, where has time gone? 51 year old became the first living solo rap artist to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on Saturday. Now, this won't air. This was in Cleveland, Ohio. This won't air until mid November, but it did record. And it looks like Dave Chappelle actually did introduce and he gave Jay Z his award. Jay-Z went on to actually thank a lot of people in his life. He says, and this is a quote, thank you Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for this incredible honor. And you know, growing up, we didn't think we could be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We were told that hip hop was a fad. And he says, much like punk rock, it gave us this anti-culture, this subgenre, and there were heroes in it. He thanked his mom, of course, his sister, he thanked his business partner, Ty Ty, who we've heard many times in, in music and in his lyrics. He actually even thanked Dame Dash, who he said that although the two of them weren't on eye to eye, he can't erase his contributions, which is very true. If there is no Dame Dash, there is no Jay-Z, no matter how talented Jay-Z may be. He also said something about Notorious B.I.G., and he reflected on a lot of people who were a big influence like Elo Kuje, who was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. So shout outs to him for really making a, th he did a 180 in his life. He went from pouring Cristal on women and wearing these big ridiculous chains to now he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire that has, he got like this Benjamin Button hair thing going on. Like, you know, most men lose their hair. Like Jay-Z is just 
growing hair. I guess when you're a billionaire, your hair grow. It's just it's expensive. You know, I guess it just gets seeped down the money, the money particles. It just seeped down, you know, it's like the bitcoins and stuff. It just seeped down in the follicles and it make your hair grow. You know, because that's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me that maybe, well, maybe it's a wig. I, I don't know, allegedly. Because it's, it's growing. Like, I've never seen, like, when Jay-Z didn't have no money, he didn't have no hair. Like, this is this is quite fascinating. I'm just, this is fascinating to me. It's very, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And according to being very interesting, Hip Hop DX was reporting on Drink Champs, but Wale was talking on Leaving Rock Nation. Yes, yeah, so he actually went on Drink Champs and he explained that he didn't understand how the music industry worked. And that's why he actually parted ways with Rock Nation. Here's some of the quotes of what he said that were on Hip Hop DX. He said, so we was on the road and I remembered hearing I was just, I was losing. I heard that from someone who was close to that joint. The show was sold out and I'm a young guy. I couldn't make sense of it. And this was when The Gifted was out and it went number one or number one on the billboard. And I couldn't understand it. I couldn't literally be hosting clubs making this in a night. And he was with, I think, touring. He was opening for J. Cole, I think it was. I just had a meltdown for real. And I remember whatever city I was in, there was three days left and I just quit the tour. I just quit. And he said that he didn't understand how Rock Nation worked and how the tears worked between the artists and management. And he said that it was his time to leave. He also went on to say that he doesn't have any ill will towards Jay-Z, although the money was a little funny to him. Okay, it was a little funny. He said that he doesn't have any ill will towards Jay. He said, but it's been all love ever since then. I wasn't privy to this fucking music industry shit. And I knew this many, many people in the room. We can make something happen. Jay's still my idol, still my favorite rapper. I still got all the love for them. I was just a little bit early in this shit though. So, you know, shout out to, to Wale for speaking his truth because there's a lot of people that are going through some shit in the music industry and they're going through some fuck shit. So it's good to hear that there's some people that have gone through the fuck shit and they made it out. So shout out to Wale and I'm glad that he also is not taking it personally. He understands that it is in fact business. And the NBC News is saying that the Food and Drug Administration or the FDA, if you're not as fast as some, on Friday, actually authorized Pfizer and Biotech's lower-dose COVID-19 vaccine for children 5 to 11, making it available to 28 million children in the U.S. So the FDA actually moved, the advisory committee moved, and they voted 17 to 0 with one abstention in favor of recommending the vaccine for children. Okay, and they said the committee concluded that the benefits of the vaccination outweighed the risk. Now, this is going to prompt a bunch of protests. This is going to prompt a bunch of bullshit. Like, we already know this. It's going to start. We've seen Kyrie Irving. I, he's still sitting out because of this. We've seen the same people that told him to shut up and dribble are now. Now they love Kyrie Irving. Like, it's amazing how schizophrenic. Like, people when they can use you for their benefit then they want to use you for their benefit that's how you cannot believe what you read and see on social media because people be quick to flip anybody that's that quick to flip never really fucking believed in whatever the fuck they were pushing for in the first place 
just i just want y'all to understand that they just want to be in the the know they just want to be in a group you gotta watch out for that okay and insecure is back and people are mad at the fact that they used aka and the fact that they were able to record at stanford when stanford has a no recording policy so i don't know why people are so angry about the stand because apparently legally blonde tried to record there and they told them no and so they had to go to harvard <laughs> they had to step down and go to harvard like oh who cares who cares like you got a chance to use harvard shut the fuck up and move on like it's fine reese you fine baby you fine reese okay reese you good you good over there all right and it's funny because that was a whole thing and then people started that shit and then you had the aka stuff so now aka is allegedly trying to make sure that they are going to get paid and or sue people who use the likeness of aka now I don't think that that's necessary. Like, if y'all want to take legal action against Insecure or other shows or, or things that make things with AKA on it, that's fine. But the fact, the way that you see people that are going after, they were going after Amanda Seals, who was playing a character. Now, whether or not you like Amanda Seals in real life is a whole nother ball game, but she didn't do anything she was literally playing a character who was an aka maybe they should just make up different sororities for movies and shows but is it that fucking serious like y'all out here really about to chop people heads off for an organization that you got to pay 300 or more dollars every semester or whatever to stay active in it like you, somebody's gonna have to make this shit make sense to me because like i i'm not i don't understand the whole thing about the sorority fraternity thing to begin with because i've never been a part of one but you you're gonna have to explain it to me like if somebody is is that sacred where people can't even play it on television like she they wasn't showcasing what the party was about she they wasn't telling like secrets she, she wasn't doing any of that she literally just had on her aka dress and as a matter of fact i don't even know if it said aka i think it was just green and pink i think she just had on a green and pink dress and said she was an aka and then they went it's people actually googled is amanda seal an aka she was playing tiffany who is a character who isn't real okay we we need we need to have a conversation because despite the fact that y'all maybe get very invested in these these characters isa is playing a character that is very similar to herself but just so you know this is written it's not real it, it's a show this is a scripted show on television it's not real like when i was talking to brandy denise and she was saying that to the, the oh my gosh i'm forgetting his name i think his first name is michael who plays Tariq on on power and on the power book two he was getting he was 17 he was getting death threats because he killed a fake a fictional character that was his father who was very much still 
Amari Hardwick is very much still waving out. You can find him ghost riding waves with the wave cat. Like, he is very much still alive. Y'all, he Google it. He's still, he's still alive. Like, why y'all out here sending death threats to somebody who didn't kill him? He's very much alive. I would think it would be some, some great fucking marketing. I would think this would be some great branding. I got to know what it is that you do that these letters are sacred like that and i'm not being an asshole like i am truly intrigued like what is it that goes on inside of there but on top of that insecure this season and i think i'm gonna do a limited series i've already missed two episodes but i think i'm gonna do a limited series on it because there's a lot to unpack in this season of insecure and so I'm gonna unpack it. I think it's a very interesting dynamic with Issa and where she's going with this, with the characters in the storyline. Cause I thought I knew where it was going and now I'm not so sure. So we have to sit and play and find out what is gonna happen to Issa on Insecure. So I'm interested in actually seeing how this season will play out. I think her and Lawrence get back together, but I've always said that from day one. Something just said, I feel like they're gonna get back together. Cause I feel like that's what a real relationship is like real relationships have fucking problems they break up you get back together i feel like there's not there's no such thing as this perfect relationship and i think that might be where we're going i could be completely wrong okay i could be completely wrong but i feel like east and lawrence are edging together that's just okay i'm gonna leave it alone but this has been another what is this? The top 10 trending topics? Yes, it is. It's been <laughs> another top 10 trending topics. Let's close out the show. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. We will be back again next week, live and in color, like we are each and every week, oh, darling. We will be back. And if you have any questions or concerns or anything like suggestions for us, please make sure you go to millennials.us. You have to add a Z on the end so that you can find us and you can submit all those inquiries. Just click on the box on the homepage that says Millennials Anonymous and it'll bring you to my page and then you can just type it in, right? Just type in what you want to say, okay? Because we want to hear from you. And I will also be on WHFC on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. for on the Lunchbox Radio Show, which will be brand spanking new. You can smell the brand new radio smell on it. So I'm excited for that. We will be back again. Peace. <laughs>